a seat to the bar and join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tansen, Jess, and Maggie bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.3, The Evil Eye, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tansen and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. The world has changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us keep doing what we're doing. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 4 Harry and Thomas enter the party and meet Madge, Arturo's ex-wife and investor. They talk a bit and then go to the study to meet Arturo. Arturo speaks with Dresden about the evil eye and why he thinks he's being targeted. So I forgot to mention this, but this book was published August 4th, 2004. So we're so close to almost exactly 19 years later. (laughs) And a few days. Oh, wow. So they go to an apartment that is like, you can hear the music from the hallway. So they're like, worst neighbors ever. <laughs> it's not just a house. It's oh. not like you have to wait to open the door. You can hear the music from the apartment. Well, outside. it's also got like a guard house and stuff. So it's kind of like a swankier. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe it's slightly more common in Chicago. I feel like there's a few times Harry goes to apartment buildings and they have like doormen and stuff like that. We don't have like any doormen like ever here, I don't think. So I don't know if that's just like different culture era like you know like is it still stupid because here you know i mean i I would don't expect to see a doorman unless it's like something super duper swanky like a really spiffy hotel or like a millionaire's apartment building or something right like i just like any apartment building i've been to you're just lucky if the front door locks you know so (laughs) well yeah like nowadays like it's just kind of like your magnet only works for a certain floor and that's, like, the only security. There's no doorman, but it's, like, you can just only go to the floor you live on. Right. Technology took over the uh, the role of security. Yeah. So, Maybe like, I don't the- know if those same apartments would have then had a doorman 15, 20 years ago. Well, again, 20 years ago when I was living in apartments, we still didn't have doorman. Again, you had your key to the front door, and then you had your code to the front door, and, but, you know, you never had... And by sheer population for where we are, it doesn't really make sense. Well, but this is what I'm wondering, right? So is it just more normal that more places in Chicago have... Because to me, a doorman and a guardhouse means pricey. And, I mean, sometimes that's either your... You get away with more because you're rich. So I was going to say soundproofing, but obviously if you can hear it, it's not soundproof. So either everybody's like, I don't care, we're all invited, play your music as loud as you want... 
or the exact opposite where it's like, excuse me, we are too rich, turn down your music and don't disturb anybody else, right? Well, he says there's only two doors on the hallway. So it's clearly like, you know, this is only like a fourplex or something like that on the second floor or whatever. But still, I feel like, you know, it's like, you know, especially rich is when they're going to be like, hey, shut the fuck it up. It must be huge because he does refer to it as a full apartment building. Like, yeah. That's, that's I was going to say, you got, to me. you got no guardhouse for like a fourplex. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm thinking these are like big, swanky, like penthousey, which is why you only have a couple per floor or whatever. Plus, again, that makes me feel a little bit more. Oh, they like, went to the top floor. For some reason, I had it. They took it to the second floor. I was going to say, I feel like but for I some reason, the second man behind the desk. To, I don't know. Oh, yeah. somehow, somehow I read and got confused. Anyways. But some of these things, too. So I always hear about people living in, like, apartments and stuff. And, again, for most of us here, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, an apartment is a very small. And I'm like, I'm not raising a family in an apartment. That's when you're single or have, like, you know, one other adult. There ain't nothing status about it. (laughs) No, but, like, but, again, I'm like, I get the sense sometimes that, again, some of these places that, again, are more built up, like, Chicago and, and New York and things like that, that because... There's not as much space. To, space. Yeah, you don't have as many houses, but your apartments in some are instances bigger. are going to be bigger because, yeah, you do have a two or three or four bedroom apartment because you are raising a family in it, like that, you know, as opposed to, right? So I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, but I've never bought real. I've never bought real estate in Chicago, so I don't. I don't uh, know what neither, to expect. Neither, neither have I. But I think it's kind of interesting what the history of a doorman would be then, because it's like the. The same history, or I'd imagine it's very similar to uh, the, how they used to have elevator guys. Well, yeah, probably exactly. I think a bigger job market though for doormen than elevator guys, because like mm. you know that was because you needed someone to like crank the door and like close and lock the door and things like that, whereas now it's just a button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's what I mean is that the doorman originally, yes, I think would have been there as security and stuff like that, right? Keep an eye on things on whether you know what provide us i mean again right sure you're coming in with all kinds of things laden down or whatever somebody to open the door for you and let you in or out or whatever i'm like yeah i can think of multiple right whereas like yeah on the origin of why we had doormen specifically you know is that yeah they probably was more of a various services that they provided and did for you i bet you it was started out as something even stupider like, oh, if the house is ever empty for too long, all the evil spirits come in and haunt you. So you just got to hire someone to watch your door all the time. Hang on while we do a quick Google break, folks. <laughs> no, if we okay, lie. So it turns out that if you just left your house for too long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've done the research, so you don't have to. Seriously, don't look this up. Uh, <laughs> used to be. The building you, was on fire and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> if there wasn't someone standing in front of your door, anyone was just allowed to rob it. <laughs> right. Someone exactly. was in the doorway, you weren't allowed to. <laughs> nobody so rich families like would just hire nobody a door guy. invented locks yet. Keys were just like too expensive to make. So it's just easier to have a person there that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it works for me. Right. I buy it. Yeah. Totally. Eventually, they get led into this party by some very lovely lady. She's got a whole bunch of shit in her arms. Man. Very party. Esque accumulation of items that she has gathered up. Yeah, a very attractive woman in her mid forties with the look of a pinup girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All women in their mid forties are attractive. I can't wait for 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 Jim Butcher to write a, a woman character. She had a hunchback and a lamp. <laughs> and she's cross-eyed. Did this is the book for you, Tanzan? <laughs> did 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 you meet the Hecatean 
whatchamacallits from Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> yeah. True. But they, they straight up their role was Hag. Like, <laughs> it's not quite the same. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I think you'll get somewhat of your wish, though, in this book, Tanza. Oh, I'm super excited. Ah. <laughs> oh, that was in chorus. One on the left and one on the right. <laughs> Anyway, she knows Thomas. Hey, Thomas, come on in. How's it going? Good to see you. Um, and then, yeah, he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, it's my apartment. <laughs> and he's like, fair enough. But. <laughs> Why is he here then? <laughs> well, yeah, right? So apparently, yes, he's been talked into investing in Arturo's new venture. Venture. Yeah, and she asked Thomas if he's there for, oh, did he finally talk you into acting? So we're like, ooh, movie producer? Actor? And you're like, I don't know why Thomas I'm ready talk. for my close-up. Yeah, no. Thomas, Thomas is like, yeah, the camera doesn't like me. It's like, are you kidding? I'm sure that, yeah. But we still don't know what kind of, yeah. It's like it's some like cheesy, like, the horror film or something, you know? Well, it's like, like, well, it says in the book blurb, so it's not really a spoiler here. That's true. It's not really, yeah. but... Common supernatural thing is like, oh, they can't show up on film, their eyes will flash, or like they just can't be on film like a vampire. If that were like the that. case, we're all vampires, yeah. our eyes all flash, <laughs> but still, like, that's like you know, know, like the supernatural, Reflect, the reflective, yes, yeah, there could be like you know, supernatural reasons that film is just no, no good for it. Maybe he's just shy, he's just shy, mm-hmm. yeah. So, the, the three banter a bit more, and Harry requests to meet with Arturo. They wander through the party to get to the study, and as they walk through, Thomas sort of seems to change a bit, and, and he rather garners a bit more attention as well. And when they uh, w- went in the study, Harry asks Thomas what's going on, and Thomas does admit that he is kind of hungry. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, hey man, what the fuck was up with the vampire outside? You were like, so slow, so useless to me. What am I even bothering to keep you around for? Yeah. I hate you. Because he didn't <laughs> <laughs> It's not you, Jessica. <laughs> oh, but did yeah. I read that differently? <laughs> yeah. But even Thomas kind of brings, because well, yeah, when it happens, like, he's even the one that was like, wow, Harry, like, you were quicker on the draw than I was. Like, that doesn't happen, you know, like, with the vampire, right? And so it's like, even Thomas is like, wait a minute, why are you? <laughs> and this is a perfect excuse for Harry to, like, yeah, be like, oh, well, you know, like, I'm just so fucking powerful all the time. Something that would be good to... Translate to a vampire. Oh, I totally meant to do that. (laughs) And he's all like, I wasn't. I was reaching for the dog. (laughs) I wanted to know it was squeaking under my seat. It's like, idiot, why would you admit that? You suck. And then he goes on this whole thing. Because he's not good at lying. Shut up. Although, sorry, that was part of the point I was going to make too with the, the, we read the blurb, we know, but again, this Harry doesn't know what kind of right because yeah when he's when she mentions thomas and then because she then she asks harry if he's an actor and he's all like to be or not to be and blah 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 right so it's just kind of like yeah it was that little bit of that's extra that, funny to think oh yeah that every time harry writes a journal he then writes his own book blurb on the back of it <laughs> <laughs> except it's a journal so i know but it'd just be really funny like imagine like the end of your diary you finish the last page and you're like all right summary of summary. Yeah. <laughs> so the synopsis yeah. start the next one in the summer of 03 so to 04 yeah. i was really manic it just makes it for like really quick reference right so obviously these are like you know for people to refer to you know like where's they, the divorce diary where's the divorce diary Where, like, Mar- i don't want the married one <laughs> exactly right so you got the little blurb on each yeah. one that is like hey what are we covering in this one like okay this is where harry like installed his duster i want to go there and find out how to do that yeah <laughs> it's like you need the summary yeah um 
And then, and also Thomas is like, listen, I'm hungry, right? Hungry with a capital H, even though it's not capitalized in the book, but like hungry with a capital H. It will H. be in a minute when we mention it elsewhere. <laughs> oh, will it? Okay. It's just fine. That's not a... And um, also, Madge is Arturo's ex-wife. What? Why is she investing? Why is she hosting parties? That's so weird. What? Yeah, it suddenly makes sense why Thomas is like, why are you here? <laughs> but yeah. A little bit of backstory on her. And yeah, basically we get the rundown too about like Arturo's gonna have some money problems coming up in the future because he broke off from some studio and now he's gotta make his own way in the world and apparently he's roped in his ex-wife into helping him along this uh, journey. Well, and she's heavily invested if because Thomas figures it's seven figures and like that's yeah. the, that's no small no, chunk of change. That's some money. Yeah, exactly. But he, it's kind of interesting because yeah, Harry's all very like, it's his ex-wife, why? And Thomas is like, she can hit your guts, but if it's a good business opportunity or whatever, right? Like, she can... She's practical. Yeah, right? So he's like, you know, that is that whole... Right? So, because you're like, uh, most people wouldn't, right? But you kind of get the impression. So you're like, okay, so she's willing to, you know, bygones be bygones with the path, right? She's not all about... She's not ruled by emotions and things like that, right? A tall man in his 50s with a Greek accent enters the room, who turns out to be Arturo. He tells Thomas he should come act, the second person to, to say so in the last, like, ten minutes. And Thomas does, of course, turn him down as well. But, of course, if you're a movie producer, every pretty person, you're going to be like, hey, well, be an actor. And be Thomas my Lana Turner. <laughs> Thomas is pretty. <laughs> yeah. And that is, man, I gotta say, this last comic expo there was so there's always a few because there's always so many people that dress up and especially a lot of like the anime type girls and stuff like that right and you will see either the ones there for whatever publications or just the amateur photographers um i think actually one of justice friends was there to just take pictures and do stuff like that right so i'm like that's cool i get it i've i've done the whole you know can i take a picture of you on my phone thing so that's just super cool there was this one guy that asked to take pictures. Of the, and so I was like kind of having my lunch break thing. And so I was like hanging out there for a while. A man, he started making me feel really uncomfortable. Like I was almost to the point where I'm like, do I go over to this girl and ask if she like needs to be rescued? Or like, you're just taking a lot of pictures for a really long time. I'm like, I feel like you. Yeah, yeah it just started getting just, I forget now exactly what it was, but like the snippets of conversation about like, oh yeah, yeah. And I did. You know, it just almost felt like that thing where you're like, I'm a producer. Like I can get you in the pictures. Like, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. that whole... I was like, this is getting weird. But then I think she had some friends on the side there. So I was like, okay, hopefully Please do not mention casting couch. Ew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was almost starting to be that. I'm like, oh, no, I need to. I'm like, hey, well, hopefully like, your friends are there with you. So I'm like, hopefully they'll just like, go away in a bit. And <laughs> I'm like, this is starting to make me uncomfortable. Um, Arturo asks Dresden if he knows what strega is. Harry replies, practitioner of Italian folk magic. Divina- uh, divinations, love potions, fertility, blessings, and protections. They also can manage a pretty vicious set of curses with a technique they call the malachio, the evil eye. Arturo seems rather impressed with his response. Okay, but I'm confused why the Greek guy is asking about Italian. Maybe he just Folklore. likes dressing better. Oh, thanks for... <laughs> Maybe it's just one of those, like, that's the more common term for it. Because, like, like, no, like, the evil eye is in, like, a bajillion cultures. So, like, they all have their own word for it. Yeah, but there's still things that, I mean, like, I don't know, Molokio sounds a lot more interesting than me going around saying the evil eye. So maybe the Greek word for it well, is just flips to d- yeah. sucky, or maybe that's one of those, like, everybody has, like, I can't think of a good example right now, but, like, 
you know, things that we've got where, uh, you know, like say the word vampire is like, you know, ancient Norse because that was, but every culture has some kind of a vampire in it. Well, I but get- that was the first one, so we call them all vampires, even though that's like the Norse word. But somebody else has the Winnebago, and somebody else has the Winnebago. Yeah, that guy. Gazoon <laughs> <laughs> type. Isn't that a bus? <laughs> Wendigo, Winnebago, whatever. It's all you know. Like maybe it's just one of those kinds of things. I where- understand. There's certain things where it's like you know, like Schadenfreude, right? Yeah. It's like like you just use that in every language because only German has that summary. That that, right. that nuance for right, but I don't know. I just feel like Deja vu. you know why is the the Greek, the Greek man got yeah, not asked called. about Italian heritage or folklore? Why not just maybe his mother make was him Italian, Italian or he worked in an Italian studio? Maybe I just feel like you know, he had a Europe Dresden could have gone with Greek folklore or had an Italian man ask about. I mean, obviously, okay, I get you're allowed to ask about other cultures' folklore. You are, and I, do, I just I, feel like I do get the point you're making is that yes, that is a little bit. You're right. If there is just as good a word for it, whatever, in... In the last book, we had the Cabbage Patch doll specifically asking about her own cultural, my words for it. and and, booties and Right, so it's like, like well, if you're trying to bring in all these different worldly cultures and things like that, you know, I guess the mix makes sense, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. You're right, is that just that, like, but should you... You made a point that he's Greek. That's a a cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what reason? Just Mm because... Just cause. Maybe just cause. Maybe just cause. Just, just, just cause. Give him a little personality to make you ask why. Maybe. And I did. I did. <laughs> Maybe he's got a really good buddy, and he's like, "I'll throw you in the book." And buddy's Greek, so he just went with it. But you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like this. This. This is Bob in real life, but you know, because he hasn't just... now thrown ex girlfriends in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Maybe and... not such a good buddy. He is trying yeah, to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> So whether or not he succeeds, we'll know by the end of the book if he's a good buddy or not. I do like that he calls Thomas Tommy, though, because I myself refer to Thomas as Tom sometimes. Just really? like weird. Yes, but just because, like, every time he says something stupid, I just, you know, talking to myself. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, what the fuck, Tom? <laughs> but <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I like that he's calling him Tommy, because I'm like, yeah, because he's basically always Thomas. He, always, he right? is. So. Yes, he very rarely gets. And it's funny because, yeah, in real life, I tend to, I like to shorten people's names or do nicknames or things like that, right? But it's true. It's like Michael in this book is always like Michael. Like, he yeah. just would never be a Mike. Marcone is always Marcone, unless you want to say Johnny. <laughs> or Marconi. Or Marconi. <laughs> but yes, Thomas exactly is, is by us or anybody else, rarely gets it shortened to anything. I, I want to know anybody out there with, because when Marsters reads it, Sometimes it sounds pretty good and sometimes it doesn't. So I don't know if Marsters does a reasonably good Greek accent and sometimes it just sounds weird to me because I'm not overly familiar with it or if he doesn't do that good of a Greek accent and that's why sometimes I'm... Because sometimes I think, I was like, yeah, totally. And other times it just seems like it's reaching to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I... So, now yeah. Now I'm going to have to listen. Yeah. I, I never listen to the audiobooks. I really should. Like, they're quite good when it I do did, listen. Yeah. yeah, and it is fun to pick up. Some of the, like I say, just the slightly interesting... Marsterisms? Marsterisms, yeah. Audiobooks tend to put me to sleep for some reason, though. So. Well, I'll listen to them at bedtime. Then. And I, and I, I will, I'll, try, I'll try listening. I did work for a, a Greek man with a very thick accent, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's not, I mean, again, it's... Chapter 4, Tanzan. Listen right, to it. I'll skip right to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I oh, good. Where, basically, it's where you got to start, so... <laughs> Because, yeah, it almost feels sometimes like it flips a little. Like, it might almost be more, like, Italian or something, but then not. So, anyways, yeah. Nothing critical. It's just one of those things where I'm like... Because I... 
I don't have a grade here for that. It's like watching like American Idol. And I'm like, I'll be like, oh yeah, they were pretty good. And like all three judges will be like, wow, you sucked. And then there'll be other ones. I'm like, oh my God, they're horrible. And like all three judges will be like, you're really good. You just, I'm like, okay, apparently my, you know, so it's hard for me to judge sometimes. I'm like, I don't know if it's him or if it's me in this case. Cause I don't know Greek well enough to be like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh. So Arturo's asked why he thinks he's cursed, and he says that the only thing that the two dead women had in common was him, and he thinks someone wants to curse him to stop the studio from getting started. Yeah, so he wants to hire Harry to be protection. He's like, come and save my people. Like, we're being targeted. Nobody wants me to succeed. And he's all like, well, who would want you not to fail? And Thomas is immediately like, you're second you ex-wife. <laughs> it's like, oh. I love, I love the reply. Let us just say I did not marry her for her mind. <laughs> Fair enough. And then, well, is there like a third ex-wife that would sabotage? Actually, yes, but she wouldn't sabotage because she's the star. Yeah. This is a complicated <laughs> life you are living, man. This is right. Get so. your first ex-wife to invest in the project, hire your third ex-wife to be the star, and the second one, who knows? We don't know. Well, he about. does clarify that he had to he had to cast her due to this, an, a, an outstanding contract, so yeah. or a standing contract, rather. Yeah. But, uh, is there a fourth ex-wife? It's like, I can keep track of three. If there's four, I'm going to have to start writing this down. (laughs) And, like, Arturo goes to, like, a liquor cabinet and, like, opens wine with, like, his teeth. Takes the cork out with, like, his teeth. Yeah. So, clearly, he's already opened this. Because otherwise, he's a vampire. And that's insane, right? (laughs) Well, exactly, yeah. But I, like, just, like... You've just met this guy for the first time, and you're just instantly straight up, straight wine, straight from the bottle. Yeah. So stressed out. All the women around me are getting murdered. I got to work with two and of my And all the ones that nod are, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm in with all my ex-wives. Everybody else yeah. is getting murdered. Dude's He's really like, in it. I, mm, right? And this is the part that I actually hate the most out of this entire thing, is the deal that they make. So Harry's all like, it's going to be 75 an hour plus expenses, and you got to pay 1000 up front. And Artura's instantly like, done. We start shooting in the morning, 9 o'clock. And Harry's like, give me a fake job, because I don't want people to know I'm a wizard, but i got to be right up in, in the action, so I'm there if anything goes down. And they go through yeah. back and forth about what jobs he can do and stuff like that, right? And then he's like, okay, sounds good. Let's go. You don't sign any contracts, Harry? Right. You don't offer a written Not even promise? Negotiation. No negotiation. There wasn't a contract. There's no, like, I promise to do... Like, why is it so shady? You're supposed to be, like, a PI here. Why is it just, like, I want $1,000? Okay, here you go. Uh, I, yeah, I could see a couple of reasons here. So he does also make... Because when they're first getting introduced to Madge and stuff like that, and... She makes some comment or whatever, and he's like, because, you know, when they're being introduced, he's like, he's like, he's up past his bedtime, right? So he's like, I'm tired. He's like, can I just meet this guy and go? Because we don't know what time, but he does, we know it's late-ish or whatever, right? So I'm like, it could just be simply that Harry's like, that's a tomorrow thing. Like, I just found out that you wanted me on this job. You just said you'd hire me. I don't carry a contract in my pocket. Like, you know, it could also be the thing of like, I'm a wizard. If you double cross me, I will just put the entropy curse back on you. So just, you know. There's also the fact that he is writing his own files, like, as a review. So he's like, ah, that's Brian. Nobody needs to know. I actually came came the next day and made him sign a piece of paper. I was going to say that could be the other thing. Same reason why people never go to the bathroom. And you're just like, I'm just going to leave out the, the... But I mean more from Arturo's point of view. Like, yeah, no, Harry doesn't care about getting a contract from other people. It's them who should be like, give me something in writing. Except... You're a wizard. That's not a real thing. Except as Harry has also said numerous times, people don't think that's a 
real thing. So nobody wants a fucking contract that says they hired a wizard. No. Okay. I'm trying to start a business. People, I don't want people to think I'm crazier than I am. Okay, if I am not putting want. down in writing anywhere. Larry Fowler's happy to sue him because Larry Fowler had a fucking contract with the dude. Nobody else. Yeah, can sue but him Larry like, Fowler has. You made a, a deal with a wizard, you idiot. Like, has a daytime talk show where he brings on people that talk to that. Harry's. He's a, got an office. This is his job. He should have contracts with people. He should be making deals. I understand when Mad walks in the door. It's like, well, I'm not gonna screw you because you'll kill me. Obviously, right. and same thing, right? I understand when the supernatural. He's like, okay, I'm not gonna make a vampire sign idea. Like, we both know based off of our word, we're gonna do this. But the regular human, who's only supernatural or not super superstitious, is gonna be like, do you like, you know, like have a contract that's gonna promise me that you're gonna try and like keep See, people alive? I think you've got a point because I worked in the movie industry and when I was in LA, and they are meticulous about contracting. Like a, a even the tiniest mo movie production company has an on-site lawyer, an entertainment lawyer that works for yeah. them. And in a porn studio, you'd think they'd really be like, who's right. coming in the building to watch they have this? To be <laughs> Everybody is coming fucking... in the building. <laughs> No, you have to be extra careful though, because but like yeah, I'd be like, give me your license right now. You have to prove that every single actor is over the age of eighteen and is legally consenting. But you'd probably also have to do background checks on everyone too, who like came into there. They're like you just start in your own company. You're like, ah, it doesn't matter. Like even the building isn't up to code. It's you have fine. to prove that you're you. You've That's been why disease free for at least six months. <laughs> That's why he had to hire his yeah. ex-wife because he doesn't have the contracts to hire actual staff. <laughs> That's why he's like, we'll just keep it. I don't know. I mean, I do. I definitely, like I say, I can it see the it family. from the one. But yeah, <laughs> but I can also very, although not even because the more and more I hear about people working for family and the worse and worse they're getting screwed over. So I'm like, wow, isn't it supposed to be yes. you hire family for like nepotism so that you can like, you know, be better off, not screw them over. Because they're already controlled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I was wondering about? The money part. Is that grand that he asked for up front? Is that like a deposit? And so that's the $75 an hour is already included? Or does he just get it? Well, I mean, that's the difference between on a retainer and up front, whatever, right? So what does up front mean? Like in this case, I think it just says I think, yeah, up front. I think it's just not a retainer. It just is a thousand bucks. Oh, so you know, I just took it that that covered the first part. And if anything goes up, like, for instance, with the puppies, he's like, I didn't think it was going to take me two weeks. So he's like, yeah, gave me you know, whatever, a thousand bucks up front, that would have covered, say, a week's worth of eight-hour days or something like that. And he's like, it ended up taking, like, two weeks of 16-hour days, so I already used up his thousand dollars. But, you know, you use that on your, you know, your taxis, your food, or whatever, right? So then it's like, okay, so now that I actually logged this many hours, now you owe me another, like, two grand to cover all the... Mm -hmm. Right, that's generally how I take his upfront slash retainer slash whatever. So I assume that, yeah, it... This would be his starting, you know, just the pay in advance kind of a I thing. I mean, $1,000 is not going to get you far at 75 an hour. Because, right. like, yeah. that's 10 hours at 750 bucks. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, I was really hoping for his sake that it was just $1,000 to get me started on this case. Then and then I will start and then the rest is on top of show it. up at, yeah, and, yeah, I don't know. I assumed it was partially coming out, but I, yeah, it could work either way, I suppose. Lord knows he needs it. Well, he does. And I mean, like, we don't know. It's not supposed Because same thing. Monica, you know, gave him money. And Vincent 
then he gave him some money to start, and now so sometimes he does, but it's just that's, you know, this is why Harry has to get these retainers, you know, because he's like, I'm not getting paid when this is done. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> reasonably, I, you know, Everyone I Everyone will be dead by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, a you quick know. little a- a- addition onto my services. Right, he's like, you know, it's like, I, I can't, you know, really charge you more than like a three-day minimum, so, you know, we're gonna... <laughs> But chances are this is going to go on for four or five, and I'm just going to lose those last couple. So, but um, it's just, not crass to talk about money here. He just doesn't involve that stuff. It's just He's enough like, money to get him invested in it, so that he keeps working for free afterwards. Yeah, right. Well, there's going to be another thousand when I'm. T- yeah, every time. Again. You think there'd be enough incentive just to keep them alive? But yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, didn't Marcone and him do the math for us? Because Marcone in book one said how much to pay you to go away for, like, two weeks. And he's like, that'd be, like, 1300 bucks or something. And Harry's like, 1250 or some shit like that. Yeah. We could, yeah, that would be his. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. is he working waitressing hours? Double. To yeah, not. seriously. That's not an eight-hour day if you're charging 75 bucks an hour. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I mean is I don't remember exactly what the... What what the time frame was they were discussing with Marcone, but I was like they sort of did the math for us there. Mm. Um, so Justine comes into the study, and Thomas and Justine embrace and kiss, and for whatever reason, the puppy disapproves. <laughs> and I'm just ha- for whatever guessing. reason <laughs> has to do with something with Thomas's hunger just, and being a vampire. Like, yeah. like all children, he just doesn't approve of like PDAs between like ew. Can you guys not do that around me, please? And and Justine's a pretty smart cookie, like he. Thomas pulls Justine against him, and she notices that he is quite cold and asks him, what happened? And Thomas tries to play it off, but Dresden gives up the goods and says, and mentions about the Black Court vampire. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't think about, because, I mean, obviously, Justine's in the know. She was at the whole party thing. She met Red. She met White. She met Black. She met dragons and all kinds of, right? So he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. We met, like, meanwhile, yeah, Arturo's gone off to answer his phone, so he's not privy to this part of the conversation, right? But he's like, oh, yeah, sure, there was a black outside. And Thomas is like, ixnay on the Empire Bay. Like, he's like, what, dude? Like, yeah. In book one, his standard fee is $50 an hour plus travel expenses. But that can vary depending on what you need done. Let's say I pay your standard fee. That comes up to $1,400 a day, right? $1,200, actually. An honest man is a rare treasure. $1,200 a day. Let's say I pay you for two weeks' worth of work, Mr. Dresden, and you take some time off. Right. There we go. That's what it was. So the $1,200 was a day, not for the two weeks. But yeah. That makes, makes a little more sense. A lot more sense. A lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It was something like that. Those were the... But at $50, now he's up to $75 now he's up to $75 an hour, bucks right? an hour. Plus expenses, yeah. So, hey man, inflation, right? It's I've saved the world twice for nothing. <laughs> yeah, for everyone else has to pay that, <laughs> right? I'm worth a little bit more now, damn it. Yeah, right. This makes me think of like Becky and Kenzie fighting for like their cat grooming. Yeah, <laughs> like $103 really isn't that much for us to show up at your door, and considering you get blah 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 blah, so you know, yeah, we're chopping the price. <laughs> yeah. Like that's fair, I guess. So Thomas is clearly trying to protect Justine and hiding information from her. Uh, he gives Harry a warning look, uh, like kind of the the fuck off, shut up, and and he tells her whoever it was, it was after it was after Dresden, like don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Yeah. So see again, it was after Dresden. This seems like a big fat lie from Thomas' <laughs> point of view. <laughs> don't worry about it. They're here for him, not me, baby. Yeah. And he's been really tense about Justine already, like so. There's there's some stress and <laughs> and shit going on. We don't quite know. He yet. was so relieved to see her. But who was relieved to see? Thomas was relieved to see Justine. Yes. Yes, very much so. Because he's asked about her a few times. Because um, way back when Thomas and, and 
Harrier for when Harry's like, okay, what are you really here for? And Thomas is like, you have no life, you have no friends. And he's like, I have friends. And he's like, oh yeah, how's Susan? And, and Dresden's like, oh yeah, how's Justine? Right? So they sort of had this whole, right, and Thomas, like, shuts it down, like, we're not talking about her kind of a thing. And then, like, as soon as he gets to the party, though, he's like, is Justine here or whatever, right? Or Madge is like, have you seen Justine yet? And, like, same thing, like, when Arturo comes in, or whichever way it was, one of them he asks, one of them asks him, right? So, you know, and then all of a sudden, here's Justine now, right? Like, it's obviously yeah. keeps coming up. Like, people know that he's, and he His keeps checking up on her. are very, very contrasting. Like, he refers to her as, as a doe. Yeah. And, and, and meal. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because Harry's like, well, what's going on? And he's like, well, yeah, if she's just some dumb meal, you know, then exactly no one's going to pay her any attention. But if I'm invested in her for any reason, that's going to put a target on her, right? And exactly anybody that's seen Thomas for more than three seconds knows he's invested in Justine. Hmm. Because exactly, where is she? Have you seen her yet? They're like, oh, you're here? Where's Justine? You know, like, you guys are obviously never far from each other. You guys, you're right. You did sacrifice Susan over Justine. You sacrificed Susan to get her, which, again, love Thomas. <clears throat> Still don't feel like we've addressed a lot of that. <laughs> you know, we all just got over it. We all just have to get over it and go with the flow because Thomas is cool and we want him around. But it's like, you booted her into the vampires. A boot, boot to, to the, the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a boot to the butt. Or that was her back. I'm back. It was in her back. So, yeah, like, the whole, like, as Harry's trying to give the details to Justine, and, like, Thomas is like, no, it's okay, let's just mojo you, and it's, like, really, yeah, like, creepy, psychic, like, you're fine, Justine, it doesn't concern, just relax. gaslighting never hurt anybody. Right, and it's like, don't worry about it. A 180, like, Justine was in that conversation, and then she's like, oh. Yeah. Who okay. cares? <laughs> Whatever you say, Thomas, it's fine. And Harry's obviously like, "What the fuck, bitch?" And the dog is like, "What the fuck, bitch?" And like, <laughs> they have very similar opinions. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. No. Fair enough. And obviously, Thomas is like, "Bitch, this has nothing to do with you. You don't understand what's going on. Shut the fuck up. Mind your own business." And this, Harry's like, "This is our relationship. It doesn't concern you." <laughs> and Harry's like, "The fuck, like, you piece of piece of shit. You brought me here, bitch. I'm involved." Yeah. And and there's a certain point where I do agree, like, this is Harry in book one, like, I can't tell you, Murphy, it's not fair to you, you don't know what you're asking for, ignorance is bliss, also there's supernatural rules that even if I wanted to tell you, I'm not allowed to tell you, and all this other shit. So there's a certain point where I can understand Thomas wanting to also be like, keep her safe, the less she knows, the better she is, a blibbity blah, but at the same time, like, Justine knows she's dating a vampire. Like, right. uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I think for me, the difference here a little bit is that Harry wasn't like retconning Murphy for anything. He's like, I just don't want to tell you. I don't want to get you involved. He wasn't pulling any shit to make her forget or make her think that what she saw was just a guy in a mask. Right? He's like. I know you've seen some shit you really don't want to come further. Just say, you know, yeah. whereas I think part of it is here is he's a little bit confused because he's like, like he's saying, she's fully aware. She knows she's dating a vampire. So, I mean, she says, like, you don't look good. You're pale. When's the last time you ate, right? And She's then, very perceptive. She's very perceptive. And I mean, like, we get this now, like, because he's like, when him and Thomas made the deal at the end of chapter one, he's like, let's shake on it. And he's like, his hands were cold. Why does that matter? He was a second later sensing... <clears throat> Thomas was a second later sensing the vampire when he was in the thing. Now Justine is commenting on it. So we're getting these things that Thomas is not running at 100%, right? He's cold. His senses aren't as, right? And as it comes out in this conversation, right? It's like, yeah, he's hungry. He needs to feed. And these are the things that, again, as you mentioned before, 
the difference between the full-bodied, young, full-of-life vampire or the dried-out, desiccated, shrunken head, dried apple version, right? You know, so it's like, but so just, yeah, so I was going to say she knows that he's down because he needs to feed and stuff like that. She knows he feeds off her. Like, again, these are not things that Justine is not aware of, right? So I think Harry's like, well, she already knows about all these vampires. Like, she was at the party. She knows about Thomas. Why are we, like, I didn't want to tell Murphy because she didn't know about this stuff and I didn't want to drag her in. She obviously already knows about this stuff. So who cares if I mention the black court in front of her when she fully knows who the black court is and has met at least one of them at this party if nowhere else right and i think yeah that's it is what he mostly takes exception with is that yeah he's a little bit like why the fuck can i tell her but also because thomas does the whammy thing and that's what it is it's the you didn't see anything these are not the droids you're looking for these are and you know i guess that's a lot easier for him too like just yeah, well, more, more to his nature. More to his nature. Again, well, Thomas is like, why do you need to get rid of the giant demon monkey? Like, we got away. Let's just leave it. And Harry's like, no, 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 Thomas. Those of us that have a conscience, the easy think way about out. the world around us. Not and always the best. Exactly. So yeah, Thomas, of course, doesn't have the same morals and scruples. He's like, sure, I can just kind of make her forget all about this, and then exactly. She won't know that she knows all about this. So if anybody comes to her for information, it's not so much that she doesn't have it necessarily, but she's not going to remember to get. So as far as she knows, she doesn't, you know, blur the lines, whatever. But again, Harry is looking at it more. I think, again, this parallel of like the abusive boyfriend kind of a thing of being controlling and manipulating and not letting her have her own thoughts and feelings. And that's what he has exception with. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. We know for a fact. Like, Justine was like 15 when they met. And Thomas was absolutely an adult. Like... late 20s early 30s as far as we yeah this is the other thing because he says here again when they introduce her he's like she may or may not have reached drinking age or whatever and it was like okay you said she was like 19 you figured she was like 18 19 and and now again we established it's like three or four like years later drinking age is 21 it's funny yeah i know but i was like okay but if she was 19 and that was three years later she better at least have you know but i was like again so was she not 18 yet or 19 when you or again are you just but yeah she's yeah we know she's not terribly old yet she's still quite young and thomas is definitely older than 21 yeah not the same age as justine so it's not like Harry's like wrong to be like this. Is, um, I don't like this relationship. Well, it's very complicated because Justine benefits so greatly from Thomas due to her illness, and that's the other thing we saw is that exactly is it's not purely one-sided. Him taking advantage is she gets a huge benefit from it. She is wackadoodle without. Yeah, she's pretty non-functional. The without drugs don't work for her. So this does. So yeah, she's getting fed off. She's being quote unquote preyed upon, but it also has a really, she's like, I'm going to have no life at all. Otherwise, you know, she's like anybody and everybody can take advantage of me in that other state. Not just the one guy that's taking advantage of me while he protects me. It's not fair to say that Justine is just a little victim. She's smart enough and aware enough, at least in her middle ground <laughs> yeah that she's making this choice and that's the other thing about it is that like she totally knows and so it's crazy that he, she's still made to forget as much as she is because 
she's in it. She's it. She, you know? Yeah. And I mean, again, I, I wonder sometimes, you know, like how much is it forget, forget and more just like distract. You know what I mean? Because again, right? She's like, okay. You know, it's not so much that she's forgotten everything about the but She's more just like, yeah, I don't care about that anymore. I'm we, sure. We're done talk. you know. The like, majority of it is, it's just constant gaslighting. Like we're not even going to have the conversation. Like forget you're even asked that question. Well, and to me, I think there's a quite a bit on Thomas that he just doesn't actually know how to handle the situation. So he's got, he's clearly upset about it. He's, it's, he doesn't know what to do. He's really sub, like, subtly trying to ask Harry questions without asking him that, that have to do with Justine. What's that so he's, case he's in like, court? he doesn't really know how, what to do. So this, this is probably the easiest thing for him to do. I guess maybe. Just, okay, let, until I figure this out, distract, distract, distract. And I never really looked at it from that point. Like, I didn't really look at it that he's you know, actively sort of trying to ask for help. I just figured that, yeah, this is the best. Again, it's not necessarily the best way to deal with it, but it's the best way Thomas knows how to deal with it. Because, again, Thomas is not, you know, again, he's got his own dysfunctional things. He's a vampire. So right there, you're starting from whatever else we may know or will find out about, right? You know that he's not just a sane, sane, stable, normal person, right? So yeah, again, in his view, in his thing, whatever, this is exactly the best thing is just to be like, (laughs) just, just... And it doesn't help that he's hungry already, so... He gets something from doing it as well. Ooh, yeah. This is, this. I don't like this situation, and I'm kind of hungry, so fuck it. Do you know? It's fine. Yeah. Sorry. Do you know what the affluenza defense is? No. It's like. I had the flu? No. Affluenza. <laughs> oh. Influenza. It's like affluence. Affluence. Affluence people. When you're just so rich and so privileged that you just literally don't understand the consequences of some things right okay yes 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 yes, yes. it's it's generally used especially like rich teenagers when they like go drunk driving and hit someone it's like well how were they supposed to know that was going to happen like the real world isn't a part of their life they didn't know that that was even a possibility so they shouldn't because technically the law is guilty regardless of knowledge of the law you're not allowed to ignorance of the law is, is no, excuse. no excuse. You're not allowed yeah. to claim, well, I didn't know that was illegal. But yeah. affluenza defense is the whole like, yes, you are. It's almost like an insanity plea, yeah. but okay. a different From side a different of it. Different side of it, yeah. And there's almost to a point where, yeah, like Thomas is just like childlike in that way, where it's just like, you know, the supernatural is like, what do you mean you're not allowed to just kill someone? Like, well, yeah. What do you mean you're not allowed to just mind white people and gaslight them and do, like? There's like almost like a monster version of that where it's just like. The fuck? You well, can do yeah, whatever you exactly. Want. <laughs> this is Thomas's normal, you know. Like he's yeah. like, I'm protect. I'm not just like eating her and throwing her to the curb, like you know, all these other corpses or whatever. The because we don't know for sure that the whites kill every time they eat. They obviously don't have to. So I mean, we know that the blacks basically feed to kill. We know that the reds basically feed to kill. The whites obviously can, but whether or not that's, you know, but again, they obviously, same thing, don't have that moral compass to be like, you know, if it happens, they're probably like, oops, oh, well. Like you said, it's just his nature. To it's just his it. nature. Yeah. So he's like, this is how I have to deal with this. This is how I was brought up. This is the normal, right? You know, so he's like, I'm already doing like great things. Like, I haven't sucked her dry in like four years. Like most people would be either, you know, you have a couple bites and you move on or you feed on that person until they're done kind of a thing, right? And he's like, no, I'm trying to protect her. I'm trying to look out to her. So, again, he thinks he's being terribly, you know, chivalrous and gallant and valiant and all of that, I'm sure, you know? And Harry's like, dude, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, no, that doesn't excuse. Do we know for sure? I just keep wanting to go back to that, that, because I feel like you brought this up before. Do we know that for sure he knew Justine that early on? We learn it somewhere, we know in from the series. I just can't remember if we know it yet. 
I but it don't is, remember. It is confirmed that she was like 15 when they met. I okay. just don't remember. That's fine. That's all I was yet. wondering because I was like, yeah. I always assumed that. I mean, obviously they'd been know, known each other for a while, but I did not necessarily. I assumed yeah. that they, again, if she's 19, they could have known each other for like a year. No, I, I know it it's 15. Been less. Okay, just don't remember when we found That's that fine. Out. That's all I wanted to know is yeah. if we do uh, definitely have that. I can't that. remember yeah. either because there was a lot going confirmed, on with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of I, I, I like it here because I think they they said this somewhere in the first book whenever they're ha- or first book the first chapter when they're going back and forth about this and they say something about we're gonna have a conversation or whatever and like it comes right back again here right because he's like stop doing that to her and Thomas is like why and he's like if you don't we're gonna have a conversation about it or whatever you know and then Thomas is like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about stay out of it otherwise I'll start the conversation myself you know and I was like I just I like that whole little but it's like already they've had this I was like so like a chapter ago you guys are like you want to go and now you're like you want to (laughs) go Just building and building and building. Just building and building, but yeah, they're like, we like each other, but we each have a lot of clients, and we will throw down at any given moment, too. So the chapter ends with Arturo being all like, I don't know if I believe in your sincerity. And Justin's all like, I'm going to take the money. Don't care if you believe in me. You know what would help with that? A contract. (laughs) (laughs) End scene. End scene. (laughs) He did that with Monica, too. He's like, I don't need you to believe in me as long as you pay me. And I'm pretty sure he said that to Vincent. He's like, I don't need you to believe in me as long as you pay. And once more, he's like, dude, it's all good. Just, if you pay me, I will get No one believes me. Everyone has money. Don't give a shit. I believe that gets the result. I don't need you to believe in what I do for it to work. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, shut Thank up God wizards don't operate off of fairy love. Right? <laughs> Please flap from here. This is not going right? to go well. <laughs> This concludes episode 12.3, The Evil Eye. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanology.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Contra by a risk.